Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org Hello, Jeremy Kalmanofsky, and welcome once again to Daily Daf Differently. We are learning today page 12, Shabbat Daf Yud Bet. It's an incredibly full page, so much wonderful material. Uh, one of the things you find in this page is a important theme concept throughout the tractate, referred to here just by allusion, but uh, to, to get it, you have to know this, and it'll help you for a lot in the tractate. There is a debate among the Mishnaic era sages, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon, about a concept called Melacha She'enat Tzricha Legufa, work done not for its official purpose. Rabbi Yehuda thinks that even if its work is done not for its official purpose, but for some subsidiary purpose that is still prohibited from the Torah, Rabbi Shimon thinks it's a lesser offense, it's merely prohibited by the rabbis. What is its official purpose? This is a, a controversy throughout history of Talmudic interpretation. Rashi in the 11th century says it's just for any constructive purpose, to achieve something, to make something better, that is its purpose. And if you instead were uh, doing work to be rid of a negative situation, that is work not for its official purpose. Uh, And that's something like what Maimonides also says. Um, The Tosafot, Rashi's physical and intellectual descendants, have a different idea, which is that every every of the one of the forbidden thirty-nine labors had a specific role in the construction of the tabernacle, and that is its official purpose. So, for example, uh, cooking in the tabernacle was not about cooking food; it was about cooking dye. And if you cooked something, animal animal material to make a colored dye, and if you cooked something to make a dye, that is its official purpose. And if you cooked something. Uh, not for its official purpose, something else that was not for its official purpose. So that appears on our page. We also have really interesting material about visiting the sick, the idea that God is very present in the sick and, and gives you an uh, exhortation to, um, to pray with intensity because God is right there and how you should, uh, with great honor, uh, treat those whom you are visiting. That leads to a really interesting, uh, little digression about uh, the angelic intercessors of prayer. When you pray for the sick, right there standing with the sick, because the Shekhinah hovers over the head of the sick, you don't need angelic intercessors. But the Talmud would appear to suggest that in general, you need angelic intercessors on your on your prayer. And therefore, you should not pray in Aramaic. You should not pray in any other language other than Hebrew, because angels, for all their greatness, don't understand Aramaic. An unusual little uh, passage there. Um, there is a discussion here on our page about not doing certain things by the light of a candle on Shabbat, because or light of a light of an oil lamp. Actually, ner in uh, in rabbinic uh, texts doesn't mean a wax candle, which is a later technological advance. It means an oil lamp, and that what they're worried about is that you would uh, take the oil lamp and tip it to make the oil flow a little better, to make it a little bit brighter, which would be a violation of burning on Shabbat. So you shouldn't read by an uh, an oil lamp on Shabbat. And there's a really cool little incident where um, 
Rabbi Yishmael is portrayed as saying, oh, I don't need to worry about that. I'm very scrupulous. I won't forget. I won't tilt the oil lamp. But then, of course, he does. He, he does violate Shabbat and writes in his own notebook that when the temple is rebuilt, I hereby promise to bring a sacrifice for this, uh, for this mistaken sin. What I'd actually like to talk to you about, for the most part today, a little more fun, is killing bugs. We also have a little bit of vomit here. This is exciting stuff. Um, the other thing you're not supposed to do by the light of a candle is you're not supposed to delouse your clothing. Boy, we certainly do live in a nicer, nicer modern era than they lived in. Presumably living in uh, ancient times with all sorts of different hygiene, uh, people had to delouse themselves a whole lot more often. And the Mishnah gives us a text that says you shouldn't delouse nor read by the light of a lamp. Well, what does that mean? I shouldn't delouse at all on Shabbat, nor read by the light of a lamp on Shabbat, or I should neither delouse nor read by the light of a lamp. And each of these possibilities are investigated. Um, let's take the, the, the possibility that what we mean is that you should not delouse at all on Shabbat, because that will lead to killing bugs. In, in truth, what we're going to conclude is that you shouldn't delouse by the light of a lamp, but for our purpose, we're going to investigate whether or not it is appropriate to kill bugs on Shabbat. Now, in general, there is a prohibition on trapping or killing animals uh, at all on Shabbat. But the question at hand for us is, what's a bug? Is it an animal? Does this, does this uh, law apply to bugs or not? Or specifically, at, at any rate, to lice? Um, Rashi says something which is, is quite interesting uh, for a modern reader of the Talmud. Rashi says that there shouldn't be a prohibition uh, on killing bugs, parentheses, by the way, that is how the law ultimately comes out, that there's not a prohibition on killing lice. Why? And he's, Rashi says in his commentary, because lice do not reproduce in the normal way, rather they are produced by a human flesh sort of decomposing. Now, this raises an interesting question for the modern reader, because we know that that's just wrong. And it raises up that question which any modern reader has of when confronting an ancient text. What do you do when your sacred text, your otherwise sacred text, is built on wrong scientific information? As will, of course, happen all the time, from the age of the universe or any number of things that will be true about um, the scientific views of, of ancient people. I mean, any eighth grader knows a whole lot more science than the greatest sage in, uh, in, in you know, Jewish history or any history. Uh, in, in Orthodox settings, this is a much bigger issue because it means that, that the tradition is in some respects wrong. And there was an Orthodox rabbi a few years ago uh, named Natan Slifkin. You can find him at zootorah.org who wrote a number of books. He's a modern intellectually trained guy. He's a trained zoologist. And he wrote certain things about scientific error. Um, in, in rabbinic texts, uh, including things about the age of the universe, whereupon he was roundly condemned and excommunicated by figures in the ultra-Orthodox world for saying what they took to be uh, heretical stuff. But, of course, a modern reader, I think, has to say that we can simply tolerate that, the, that ancient or medieval people just didn't know any number of things. Um, the debate goes on I think basically under Rashi's assumption uh, that, well, for some people they suggest, Rabbi Eliezer, for example, suggests 
that killing a bug is like killing a camel. That's what he says literally. Killing a bug is like killing a camel. Killing the smallest animal or the largest animal. They're still animals. And so you can't kill a bug on Shabbat. And other people uh, in the Talmud take a, take a similar, um, similar position. But the general approach ultimately is that you can, uh, that you can kill a bug because they're just kind of like, you know, public nuisances. And I would imagine if you live in a louse-infected world that you might. The Shulchan Aruch ultimately says, if you pull lice out of your clothing, you should just throw them away. But if you pull lice out of your head, then you can kill them. And I sympathize with this position. For a little bit of fun, the Talmud also says, do not delouse in public. I think that's good etiquette. Do not stand in the public sphere and delouse. And similarly, the Talmud very helpfully says, because it's not, it doesn't fit, comport with public honor. And similarly, the Talmud says, you should not induce yourself to vomit in the public square, because that is also not that is not comport with human dignity. And I think we can appreciate the sage's wisdom on that. So please do follow those rules. Thanks for studying this page with me, and I look forward to learning the next page with you tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.